This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Darren Ambrose for Crystal Palace and that may do it! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Chris Hambling, and welcome to Homestyle Radio. With me today, I have Furhad Zaidi, and I have Mark Ross. Hi, chaps. Evening, Chris. Evening, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really on the ball today. I'll come back to you in a bit, all right? I'm just going to read out a few contact bits and pieces. Uh, coming up on the show today, obviously, we have uh, a quick chat with Steve Parrish. It's live from... He's in New York at the moment. And it's going to cost us, I think, a lot of money because we're going to have to ring him. But we are going to have a very quick chat with him about the um, well, the elite player performance plan, which is the, the big news to sort of affect the club this week, and just get his opinions on how it affects the club and why he thinks that people vote it in, uh, and really where we go from here, whether there's, there's anything the fans can do, any kind of you know um, action that we can take. Uh, okay, and we also just to read out your contact details for you. You can get hold of us today on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. If you start your message with at whole radio. Uh, if you go into the Homestale website or use wholeradio.net forward slash chat, you can go in the chat room with the lads there. Uh, you can get hold of us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. You can email us, it's radio at homestale.net. Or you can give us a ring during our match discussions. It's 0208-123-1646. Calls are charged at your local rate and will come out of your mobile bundle. Ugh, nearly ran out of air. <clears throat> okay, and uh, just a quick reminder as well. We're doing a uh, free shirt giveaway for next season's shirt. Premiership shirt, clearly it will be. Uh, if you tweet us each week at Hull Radio with your score predictions, everyone who gets it correct uh, goes into a draw at the end of the season. Uh, obviously, you can you can get it correct every week, and, and your chances of winning that shirt will increase. Okay, uh, right. So, Furhad, you first. Um, phew, first time you've been back for for a few weeks. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been, as you know, Chris. I'm I'm involved with the Crystal Palace Supporters Trust, and uh, um, it's all systems go at the moment with regards to our training ground project. Um, an initiative that I've that we have launched on Friday is to get as many of the Crystal Palace fans involved as possible. 
Um, you know, we, we need people from all professions uh, who have different skills to help us in this project. Uh, mm. It'd be really great. Um, just briefly, uh, the email address, should someone want to contact us, is volunteer at palacetrust.org.uk. So that's volunteer yeah. at palacetrust.org.uk. And uh, I'll personally give a call back to anyone who sends an email to that address. And it's just you're just basically being inclusive, trying to try to pull as many skills <coughs> as possible, which is, is obviously the trust's mandate is to is to get Palace fans with skills involved in in everything we can as uh, to support the club. So um, no, that's, that's brilliant stuff, mate. We'll um yeah, obviously if anyone's got any queries on that, you're also welcome to email whole radio and we'll pass them on to Furhad uh, and the, and the rest of the trust as well. And that's very constructive, Mark. Have you done anything constructive in the last week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really, no. I've been basking in the glorious start to the season, of course. Which yeah. no doubt we'll talk about later on in the show. But uh sure all been will. tremendous stuff and uh uh look forward to the, the show and uh hope the listeners enjoy it and uh if they've got anything constructive they want to <laughs> add to the show, they're more than welcome. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> to email no, it's been, or um, bring us in. <clears throat> it's been it's been a good few weeks for us, hasn't it? I mean it's been you know, very exciting time to be a palace fan. Um, it's just a shame. It got a little bit of obviously a bit of a negative on on things this week, which is a real shame. Um, for, you know, with this with this elite yeah. player, uh, elite player progression plan, uh, progression. Oh, I don't know. But obviously, there's a lot of strong feeling on, on the BBS performance. performance. Sorry, yeah, you're quite right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of strong feeling on both BBS and on the whole about it. Um, you know, the information's out there. It's, it was a real shame to see uh, Gareth Southgate. Um, being such a staunch, staunch supporter of it on Twitter because, you know, the guy's an example of, of what you can achieve coming through a club like Palace. You know, he's, he was an established England international. Uh, you know, he's got a big job at the FA now, but he just seems to be towing the party line. It's very disappointing to, to see that. And, uh, I mean, this is the sort of stuff we'll uh, hopefully be talking to Steve about very, very shortly. I just want to give a quick mention to um, one of the other presenters, Ben. Ben is unavailable to do today's show because yet again he's at an Ed Sheeran gig. How many gigs do you have to go to before Ed Sheeran will have to take out a restraining order against Ben? I'm not sure, but he must be getting pretty close. Who's he play for? (laughs) Who does Ed Sheeran play for? (laughs) That's a good question. They play on a Sunday night. Must be a rubbish team. (laughs) Is it five a side? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um, okay, well, listen, we're going to have a quick break now while we try and get out of uh, of Steve in New York. A um, little bit of news in brief, and as ever, um, we've decided instead of trying to record various different versions that actually work, we'll just put out whatever we record first of all. And in that spirit, here it is. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. David Wright says he's reveling in his role at the Crystal Palace midfield. He says, I class myself as a central midfielder now. In the past, I would have always said full-back. Really enjoying it in Centre-Up Park. I feel I've got a bigger influence over what happens by defending there and helping the team. I sit back, mm, I sit in front of the back and support them by trying to destroy opposition's attacks. Then I give Paul the likes of Sean Scannell, Wilf Zaha, Darren Ambrose and Glenn Murray. The match winners we got in the team. Mark, over to thee. Thank you, David. Doogie Friedman admits that even he is shocked at the team's excellent start to the season. Completely honest with you, it's, it's a surprise to me as well because I didn't think, you know, we would 
you know, take shape as quickly as we have done. You know, I thought it would be a, a longer process, but it's only, I don't know how many games we played, 12 games, 13 games, and, you know, we find ourselves, you know, bubbling along nicely. It's a long, long way to go. But the good thing is the team's improving. You know, it's, it's, it's hard work that's going into these, these victories. It's not fluke. So the team is improving. A long, long way to go. And as I said, they've got a lot of youngsters in the team. It's going to be a roller coaster season. I'm happy with the fans as they stick with us. Nil nil, they're still cheering us on. And I know we're going to win a few and lose a few. And we'll be up and down the leagues. I understand that. It's not a problem to me at all. As long as we're getting better. Well, I don't look at the table, guys, and say a weepy day we're fifth position. You know, it's only in October. I look at, I look at. Uh, the video 48 hours after the, the event and assess the video and, and look if we're getting better how better how better the table will tell you at the end of the season but I know that the, the lads are sticking in it training every day and they're on the right path to getting better as individuals and therefore as a team uh, who knows what it's going to tell you nobody can tell you that managers can tell you yeah we're going to do this and do that we're going to get promotion I'm telling you my team's getting better whatever that will be will be the team haven't been beaten in five matches and has also kept a clean sheet in their last three games against Watford, Bristol City and Ipswich. Over to you, Fahad. Thanks, Mark. Dougie Friedman is lining up a January transfer bid for Alexander Tunchev after becoming an instant success during the loan spell. He is coming to the end of At Palace. <laughs> That's really rubbish. What is there? No, 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 let me start again. No, you can't. Mike Why? is going to put this bit in the show now. No, you, no, no, he is. He's going to put this bit in the show. No, just he carry can't. on. Oh, Can yeah, he? Absolutely will. Yeah, he'll do it. No, no, no. The side head. Oh, Mike, come on. You don't. Bird, I'll read it if you don't. The oh. Bulgarian International. Oh, all right, all right. I'm, I'm doing it. Hold on. Where is it? Okay. Uh, the Bulgarian international, 30, has to go back to the Foxes at the start of November because emergency loan deals cannot be extended beyond 93 days. Friedman said, I've not drawn a line through Puncher returning. We'll try and get him back in January. I'm hoping we've done enough as a club in the way we've treated him that we can do something if Leicester don't want him. News in brave, brave. Okay. Uh, hi, and welcome back. Oh, I was caught unawares there. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Steve Parrish on the line, as uh, as promised. Steve, you're in New York, aren't you? I am, yes. Yeah, yeah, half term. Oh, I wish I was in New York. Such a great place. Um, okay, I just yeah, tweeted, so actually. I just, saw a, um, I just saw a palace. I was in Abercrombie on Fifth Avenue. I just saw a kid in a palace shirt. Don't see that every day. No, that's amazing. I have to say, I did wear my palace shirt when I was in New York. Got some weird looks, but yeah, it's got to spread the word. Yeah. Um, okay. They probably thought you were a Barcelona fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, well, obviously, yeah, we, we've met before. I'm Chris. We've got uh, also got in the background Furhad, who uh, I don't know if you know from his work with the Trust, um, but he's in the background. We've also got Mark Ross as well. Uh, so they might be chipping in with bits and pieces, but we won't keep you too long, mainly because of the cost of ringing you. I think <laughs> it's going uh, to struggle a bit. But um, I just wanted to talk. Obviously, we've had the the elite player performance plan come in. Uh, you've made some some comments that were reported, and we just wanted to sort of really get get give a chance for you to sort of talk direct to the fans about what the impact is for Palace really. So if I um sort of start you off on really on that sort of subject is when what does this decision to implement the the EPPP oh, too many P's uh what does it mean to Crystal Palace FC really? Um well it you know it means that developing players 
uh, homegrown players into your own side becomes increasingly more difficult. Um, if, if I can just give you a bit of history, because there's been a lot of stuff written in the press, but I don't think people totally understand what this is all about. What this is fundamentally all about is England not being able to win the World Cup, believe it or not. So, because England can't win the World Cup, every time we lose it, we have a new plan that's designed to um, ensure that next time we do, which is what we would all want. Yeah. So, having tried just about everything now, foreign managers, you know, various different things, um, the conclusion that, that, that we've now drawn, as I understand it, um, Trevor Brookin led this led this 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 investigation. Is that the reason that our players aren't good enough to win the World Cup is because they don't get ten thousand hours of coaching, and ten thousand hours of coaching is a magic number that people across all sports believe is what's required to turn a promising athlete or footballer into an elite athlete or into a champion. Right. So what happened was. The, the, the FA went to the Premier League and said, we need you to have coaching academies with schooling that is built around the coaching of the kids. So that instead of having three to 4,000 contact hours between the age of 8 and 16, we want you to have 10,000 hours between the age of 8 and 16. Hmm. So we, we, we basically want you to build schools. Now, the alternative, of course, was the FA could have built their own training centre like that at Leathershaw, but they decided that was expensive and they didn't want to do that. Um, and they would put this onto the Premier League clubs to do. So the top Premier League clubs then said, well, you want us to build schools, that's going to be expensive. So they said, yeah, we want you to build schools, but you'll get better players out of it because we've identified that Ajax and Barcelona and these sides are all doing better than you because they're growing more homegrown talent because they have more contact hours with the kids between 8 and 16. So the Premier League said, oh, okay, well, we'll do that, but we'll only do that on the basis that we can go and take any kid from any academy anywhere into our academy because the fact of the matter is that the top clubs realise just like everybody else realises that coaching hours are not going to create you a messy from you know an average player no. you need the basic DNA you need the basic raw ingredients of the player to do that they also know it's unbelievably difficult to spot between the age of 8 and 13 a kid that is going to be a professional footballer. Just because mm. you're promising at 12 doesn't mean you're going to be a, a great professional footballer. So, mm, that's the vagaries of the compensation system up to that point were too difficult for the Premier League. They proved time and time again the top clubs that they cannot spot those players. And when they do think that they've spot, spotted them, they go into a compensation system or a normal transfer system, which means that they believe they have to overpay. So what they basically want you know, they basically want the ability to take a lot more kids from lower league teams so they've got a lot more chances. To put that mm. in perspective, with the rules the way they are now, they could take probably somewhere in the region of 20 John Bostocks at 13. Maybe even more, maybe even 25. At 12 years old, they'll pay us about 34 grand for a player if they want to take them. Jeez. <laughs> So they, um, they can come into our academy at 12 years old, they can say, we want that one, 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 that one. We like all them. And yeah. there's very little you can do to stop it. The things you can do to stop it, of course, are, you know, you, you know, we've got to play on the strengths of our academy, right? Mm. Everybody knows. I mean, how are these Premier League clubs going to cope with this amount of players? Why is there an assumption that their coaching is better than our coaching? 
Mm. What, what, why is that assumption at youth level? It's not proven. There aren't more kids playing in the England team that come from Premier League academies than come from lower league academies. In fact, I think if you do the research, there's more kids playing in the Premier League now, given that we're all coaching around the same hours, that come from lower league clubs. So there's nothing proven that says that their coaches are better than our coaches. And then also, obviously, the, 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 the kids and the parents have got to face the fact that, you know, we're basically talking about a boarding school situation. You know, you'll go away at that age and you're bored at that school. And if I can just finish, and I'm on a bit of a diatribe, <laughs> but then it gets, it, gets, it gets progressively worse because you can be quite confident that it's very difficult to spot kids between 8 and 13. Kids develop at lots of different times, as we all know. You know, they grow at different rates. Um, you know, a kid can be marginally bigger and stronger at 13 than all the other kids and can stand out amongst them. Or the age can be slightly different. They can be, you know, six to eight months older than, than a lot of the other 13-year-olds in that, in that, in that uh, category. So, very difficult at that age. What's really important is up to this point, when we offered scholarship forms to a 14-year-old kid, if we offered the scholarship forms, they then fell into the transfer and then compensation system. That will no longer apply. So unless a child signs, or the parents sign, scholarship forms at 14, they then fall into the um, fixed compensation scheme. So if they don't sign, they fall into fixed compensation. If they do sign, they go into the normal transfer system. So let's put that in perspective. If John Bostock, who hadn't signed scholarship forms, but we kept him on anyway, he would have gone for 130 grand with a few add-ons instead of the 750 that we got. Jesus, yeah. I saw that figure earlier. Now, it's, what it's basically going to mean, what it's basically will mean for us is that we just have to be very clear about what we expect when people enter our academy. It's unlikely, for example, just thinking off the top of my head, I haven't decided this, but it's unlikely that we're going to have kids in the academy over 14 that haven't signed scholarship forms because there's absolutely no point as training them for nothing for Chelsea or Arsenal or Man United to come in and pick them as and when they choose. Um, now, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, we've got a great academy. We've got a lot of parents that believe in our academy. We've got fantastic kids playing in our first team. That's an opportunity that most parents realise they're not going to get at a lot of these Premier League clubs. You see, the thing is, do the Premier League clubs, are they doing this because they want a great England side? Of course they're not. They couldn't care less. If it was just about an England side, they'd only be allowed to come and take England kids, but they can't. They can take kids to qualify for any nation. Yeah. So the bottom line is for the Premier League, this is basically about taking as many kids as possible on the off chance that the odd one maybe will get into their team and if they don't what they'll then be doing is selling all the players that they nicked off us for nothing back to the lower leagues and it will be a little yeah. business for them and that's what yeah. they really see it as yeah I, I, yeah i mean that's that's pretty much what, what i've seen reported from from various sort of sources on how things will pan out uh and it, it's quite frightening and it kind of well if you can imagine basically what you described of um of the these teams, the Premier League teams, stockpiling players um, at, the, at the cost to football league clubs that do have academies. Why is it you think that the football league clubs agreed to it? I know obviously Palace voted against it, but but why do you think so many clubs actually agreed? Well, there was two main reasons, I think. And, and again, this is just my view. Number one, it's been reported in the press that they threatened to withhold five million of, of, of youth development money. That's not the case. Last year. They filtered down from the Premier League. I don't know if you remember, they increased the parachute payments mm. for four years. 
They also gave each championship club something like another £1.2 million pounds of what are called solidarity payments, which are payments um, that, 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 that are given from the Premier League TV money down to the uh, to the lower leagues, and the championship clubs got an extra £1.2 million each. Right. And okay. basically, we, we were told that, that would be removed if that, the, the, the precondition of that money coming was that we would agree, and there was a certain amount of latitude, to be fair, there's been a working part, and we've, we've managed to, to a certain extent, shape some of the rules, but in broad principle, the money was given on the basis that we would agree to come in into line with the uh, EPPP, which is, which is what the Premier League were after. So it was a lot of money for clubs to turn down. And then on youth development, you get a bit more money towards your Category 2 academy. So if, if, if somebody like... Somebody's got a normal academy. They don't really produce that many players. They'll, they'll get about a net 200,000 more towards the running of their academy. Mm. So a lot of clubs, they kind of figure they're better off. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the problem. So it's just encourages, you know, it encourages them to pocket the money really rather than spend it on youth development. Um, so it's it's hard to see what will happen to the to the rest of the of, of the kids because it will certainly become more more difficult and less, you know, people will be less likely to to, to run academies to try and bring kids through to the first team. It just it just seems very much uh, short term thinking, and we've obviously seen at Palace that the sort of the cost of short-term thinking and kind of gambling on, on futures that may or may not happen and it's it's very frustrating to see i mean is there anything that the the club or or the supporters themselves can actually do on this um to try and have an influence and maybe you know i mean the decision's been made i suppose but is there anything that anyone can do well i mean i think you know people if if, if there's enough noise made you know you never know what might happen but um Unfortunately, you know, we, we are in a situation where we're in a country where we have an extremely powerful um, Premier League. You know, the Premier League are, I think, the fifth most watched league, you know, league championships of any sport in the world. Interestingly, the Football League Championship is the ninth most watched of any championship in the world, bigger than Serie A. More people come every week to watch the championship. Mm. Over nine million people last year. More than more than what's the whole of Syria last year. So, in in any other event, we would be taken a lot more seriously as a league. Yeah, but unfortunately, nice. because of the power of the Premier League and the scale of the Premier League, yeah. it's difficult to see it changing. Yeah, it's, it's it's depressing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, it's a fantastic competitive league, and you know, I love it. And and I think a lot of people at our level are getting kind of disillusioned with the Premier League. I want to give um, I want to give Mark a, a chance to ask a question um, before we sort of uh, uh, let you go. Um, Mark, hi, hi, thanks, Chris. Hi, Sue. Um, as you said about um, it's all being kind of done quote in the interests of the national side. Um, if, if that's the case, then why do you think we still have a, a club versus country row every time there's a home international? Well, exactly. I mean, look, from what I can see, I wasn't close to it. You know, the FA, we don't win the World Cup or, or, or worse. We have a really bad showing in the World Cup. It does affect football. You know, we can't be delusional about this. You know, attendance is normally we get a big boost after World Cup. You know, even if we're only getting to quarterfinals, you know, football attendances typically will go up um, in the next year you know it's, it's a positive thing for all the football in, in the United Kingdom and even if the, the home countries do well it, it, it helps as well um, because we did so badly 
they're basically, you know, they're here for the game, really. And and so there's this, this overwhelming sense from everybody that we need to do something. And and having decided that this, this is the problem, um, then trying to find a way of doing it, we, we get into this very strange, idiosyncratic situation where they go and ask the Premier League clubs to create these academies to coach the kids. The Premier League clubs, of course, don't really care, do they, whether there's a great England team? They're not, I don't think it's very high on their agenda, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's all a bit of a nonsense, frankly, because, you know, if you look at, say, the four kids that are doing particularly well in our current side, well, we'll qualify to the Ivory Coast if he wants. Yeah. Um, Johnny Williams is, 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 is Welsh. Um, okay, and you've got Tiny and, and, and Sean's Republic of Ireland. So, you know, it's not like of the, of the let's say that they were cute enough to spot those kids at an early age and they'd come along and they 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 you know worked out a way of taking them from us. It wouldn't really be for the benefit of the England team, would it? No, three of, out of four of them will come play for England anyway, <laughs> or, or could choose not to. Yeah. So it's it's rubbish, really, isn't it? That is <laughs> the benefit of it. So it's a, it's a bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut, isn't it? Really, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's very a, Okay, well, we'll leave it on a on a positive note because um, obviously the the team have made some pretty huge strides this season, uh, and thanks in part to those players that we produced for our academy system, which is certainly working for us as it is at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it's like, it's very important just to say on that because I want to get the message absolutely right in terms of our academy. Mm. We're, we're absolutely committed to our academy, and that you know, I don't want any parent and or, or player there or anybody that's involved in it, the staff, to think that, you know, we'll be doing anything other than redoubling our efforts and finding ways of working within the rules to ensure that, 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 that our um, our kids get, get the best chance of progressing in the game. And what better example than the, the guys that are in the first team now? You know, is that not surely the best education? them? Insofar as more contact hours with the kids, better coaching, we've got a type with the Oasis Academy, uh, that's a lot of you know about. We've already begun this process our 14 to 16 year old kids a lot of them you know we do build a curriculum around their training they are getting high number of contact hours and look we will look at becoming a category one academy it isn't beyond the realms of possibility that that is something that we would do um, because we're passionately passionately committed to the fact that football needs to be given back to the community that it's in and the biggest way of doing that is is, is for people to identify with what's going on on the pitch and feel an affinity to the as, as much as possible to as many of the people on the pitch so I think that there's an important message to get across this afternoon. As, as, as frustrated as we are by the rules, we'll work within the rules, we'll continue to drive our academy forward, and, and we look forward to the day where we've got 11 of the starting 11 Palace Academy players, and that's what we're driving for. And, and I think a lot of parents will see, see the value in that. You know, it's, I don't think many parents will necessarily want their 12-year-old to go off to a boarding school in you know, wherever. Um, with no real thought as to whether they'll ever appear in the first team. So we, we still think that there's a lot of pluses for people to be involved in our academy. And, and, and as you were just mentioning, you know, we're doing pretty well at the moment, uh, and a mm. lot of that is driven by our academy kids. And, and, you know, that's a great example of what we can achieve. Yeah. Well, I'd say that's that's exactly what people wanted to hear, really, is we do, obviously, we really value our academy right now um, because it's got us a calibre of players that we, could, we couldn't possibly go out and sign. 
Um, and it's it's great to know that. I mean, well, I, did, I wouldn't expect any less of you guys, to be honest. But uh, that it's great to know that you're still behind it, and it's great to know, obviously, that you'd, you'd like to look at becoming a, a category one academy, if you like. And um, obviously, that will be made a lot easier if if the form that we've got at the moment carries on, because uh, we'll be up there in that division. Um, I mean, were you surprised as the rest of us seem to be right now as how things have gone on? Um, is 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 there well, such I, thing I, as I, too I, early to go I up? Think I've been consistent, you know, I've consistently said since we took over the club, but it's um, it's it's a, it's a strange division, it's a very difficult division, but equally it's a very close division, and if you get a run of results, you can very quickly find yourself um, at the end of the season in the playoffs or even beyond. Yeah. Um, we're not getting carried away, you know, we've had a great start, confidence is high, I think we've got the right blend. I think the, the the players that we've got are all playing for each other, all playing for each other, they're playing for Dougie. We've got the right people um, in the boardroom, which I think helps. We, we, you know, we, we, we've just got a real good spirit around the club. And, and let's face it, we need to punch above our weight. You know, people are spending more money than us. We're spending a fair bit of money, but there are people that are spending, you know, considerably more. So mm. we've got to all be on the same page and be together, and we are. And if we carry on doing that, that translates to performances on the pitch and, and who knows what we can achieve but it's very early I mean I was looking yeah. today somebody mentioned Millwall 95-96 I think they were top at Christmas got relegated so <laughs> you know we really we, I, think, I think we were third from bottom at Christmas once and got promoted so we really yeah. can't get carried away at this stage but look we should also enjoy it a little bit while we can Absolutely. because it's great we're third in the division we, we, we read I think, you know, three away wins on the spin uh, and we conceded a goal for three games. It's fantastic. It's good for morale and it's great for, for, for everybody at the training ground. It's worked as hard. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to uh, let you go. I'm just going to... Um going to ask a question we got from someone on Twitter just because it's a bit of a cheeky one and we quite like it uh, he says can we ask you if the Johnny Esther shirt he plans to buy his son for Christmas will feel like a waste of money by the 31st of Jan I think that's a roundabout way of asking if there's any intention of selling our, our young stars no there's no intention of selling anyone Absolutely. Um, you know there's no point in us growing players in our academy to sell them straight away um, we've, we've got you know Firm contractual situation with most of the players. There's one player that everybody knows about is is in a different contractual situation. It was before we came there, yeah. um, and you know that, that's a different situation. We've got to look at what the, what the best outcome for the club is um, in that situation. But right now, we're not thinking about that. We're thinking about you know how we can maintain our position in the division and, and and push on. And who knows at the end of the season, you know, you never know what what might happen. Mm. But certainly, where it's in our power to do so. Um, we've got absolutely no intention. We're not really interested in listening to offers for, for, for our players at the moment. Excellent stuff, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's, you've clarified on a, on a number of issues, and it's been brilliant to hear from you. Um, obviously, thanks for your time, and, and I hope that we can speak to you again soon as well. I'll try and get a uh, get a catch up uh, in a similar way we did before. Would be nice. Um, but yeah, Anytime. Steve. Thanks so much, and uh, enjoy the enjoy your right. time in New York. We'll do. All Cheers. The best. Bye, thanks, now, Steve. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, that is absolutely fantastic to hear from Steve. I hope, hopefully, you found that as uh, entertaining as we did. Uh, just want to quickly point out: obviously, we're live every Sunday like this. Um, you know, it's well, we've got interviews coming up. Hopefully, with Clinton, if we can get that one sorted out, Clinton Morrison, um, and also there's various other ones. I think we've got Bruce Dyer coming up at some point soon. Uh, we'll be having a chat with. Neil Ashton, if we ever get around to uh, to sorting that one out. So, yeah, plenty of guests coming up in the near future. 
So do tune in at this time every Sunday uh, and for more fun and games. Now, we've gone on a lot longer than we intended there, and that's going to have cost me an awful lot of money. But the good the good, the good news is it was a very... Is that very going on the expenses? That goes on the expenses. They're looking <laughs> very, very offensive right now, I have to say. But... Um, I say there's a lot in there. Um, we did want to have a little chat about the whole thing afterwards, but I think we better leave it there because we've got to talk about Bristol City very, very quickly. Well, Obviously, we Steve, Steve clarified yeah. it all anyway, didn't he? He did, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's probably not much more we can add with any real <laughs> note. Um, so yeah, anyway, so here we are. It's review time. Um, seems a long, long time ago now, but we did have a, a, a game midweek against Bristol City, um, which we won one nil. Now, I don't know if anyone's memory is as good as mine, but um, it was a pretty drab affair for quite a lot of that. Um, probably, I think that the sort of key things to talk about really were, were Klein coming back in a, a left back there. Um, we had Gardner was selected over Tunchev. Uh, that's the sort of main areas of selection. And various other bits and pieces. So I'm going to start with that, really. Um, Ferhad, you weren't at the game, were you? Just I remember. No, no, I wasn't at the game, Chris. Oh, good, I'll, I won't talk to you then. Mark, you were at the game. <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. Yeah, you did. So, so Nathaniel Klein selected at left-back. Um, what were your feelings on that one? Well, I have to say that um, probably like a lot of Palace fans, it seemed a little bit of a strange one with Parr on the bench. Obviously, it, to, to us the peasants in the stands, I suppose, um, it seemed like, uh, it was set up for Parr to play as left back, Klein to switch to his normal position at right back. Yeah, yeah. And um, and maybe Ramage dropped to the bench. Uh, anyway, Doogie changed it. Uh, Klein played on the left side, as we know. Uh, he did play quite well, actually. He did, yeah. <laughs> In all accounts. Well, uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, as luck would have it, however you want to put it, um, Ramage was injured uh, just on the break. And. Um, Park came and played the second half as left back. Well, he, he did to the he right did. side. Well, left forward. Le- I don't know how you how do you want to no, describe. No, I can say he did eventually. Uh, but when he first came on, this was the thing I wanted to talk about. When he first came on, um, he stuck Par in at, at right back initially and kept Klein at left back, and everyone was um, scratching sort of looking. Yeah. yeah, it was just one of those where you just thought, no, 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 no. But I, I did see him, Dougie, talk about it after the game, and he said that. Um, the reason he'd done it is because he felt the threat. I think it's Albert Adoma on Bristol City's yeah. right. I think he considered him to be more of a, f- a threat. And he's also mentioned that Parr is better going forward on the right-hand side, which when you think about the goals that he's created, it's probably true. Uh, mm. But, I, yeah, but I have to say it was a strange one because you, you really want to see... Um, well, you want to see, see players uh, playing in their correct positions. We've yeah. done that for seasons. We've played players out of positions, you know, and... And you know, left-sided players on the right side, and vice mm. versa. And and uh, you know, you sometimes wonder wonder why this is. But I mean, I bow to your knowledge. If 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 Dude yeah. said that, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was to nullify one of the the Birmingham City wingers, then fair enough. But it it it, mm. it did seem a bit peculiar. But at the end of the day, you know, it all worked out swimmingly. Also, also want to credit Ben for saying that at the game as well when I was moaning about it he actually said that that's why he'd done it and he was proved correct so well done to Ben for that one um, yeah okay well listen uh, Gardner over Tunchev's an interesting one for me Gardner's obviously our player Tunchev we want to sign but we don't know if we can kind of thing um, I, personally I, I think we've looked more solid with, with Paddy alongside Tunchev but there really ain't that much in it um, no well, I don't know. I'm going to, uh, Ferhad, you might have an opinion on this. Um, mm. 
of, of the two, you, you probably see, well, you've seen both play. Uh, of the two, who do you consider the stronger over Gardner and Tunchev? Uh, it's it's really hard to say. Um, I, I'd edge it just to Tunchev purely because you know they've been playing together from the start of the season, and they've built up that rapport at the mm. in the heart of the defence. So yeah, I'd just I'd just edge it to Tunchev at the moment. Okay, mate. Nice. Uh, don't you think though that you know only when Tunchev returns at the beginning of next month to his parent club, um, obviously we're only going to have. Two established centre halves in Gardner yeah. and obviously Paddy, um, and then of course we're going to have two months with just two, hoping that they don't get sent off or uh, uh, injured. And uh, I mean, the latest is that we're going to possibly go and try and sign Tunchev back in January, but for two months yeah. we'll basically be playing with two centre halves, hoping that mm. they don't they don't get. Um, Banned or injured. injured, and then uh, if they if one of them does, then I don't know who would uh, step in. Maybe yeah. Oxy would come in at centre half. I don't know. I have no idea what Sugi uh, has up his sleeve. Oh, why can't I hear myself reflected back? Anyway, I'll try and ignore the fact that I can hear myself when I'm speaking. Um, oh God, that's distracting. Do I really sound like this? Anyway, um, no. What I was going to say about that was um, clearly that uh, well. Whether we select Sanchev or not over Gardner, we've had a solid centre-back partnership, and uh, and it certainly does make sense if we can't get Sanchev back. But you're right, Mark, to highlight the the fact that we could be weak there, and we saw that when last season when James Vaughan had to go back, uh, and well, and Burley at the time didn't didn't really replace him, and we had two months where we had, you know, not a great threat up front, and it did cost us. And you you do wonder with with Gardner's injury record whether or not that, that a similar situation could happen. Now, obviously, we've got um, the likes of Winter and Jack Holland in the background coming. Well, they're both coming back from injury, really. I think Winter's really struggled from a well, started as a, a bit of a hamstring strain or something like that. It's taken him a long time to come back, uh, but he was impressing pre-season. But uh, yeah, there's, there's not a huge amount of strength there, and like you say, you, you end up potentially looking at someone like Moxie playing centrally or, or something like that, and that's not an area you want to you want to go into, really. Obviously, Marrow can play at centre back if he if he's fit, but. It's probably yeah. the only area of concern that we've really got. Um, I, don't, I don't want to dwell too long if you want to talk about this fantastic performance sure. up at Ipswich. But um, obviously Ambrose uh, played in that game and also, and he went off injured as well as, as Ramage. Um, uh, Dougie said that he got a kick. But I don't know if you, you saw this, Mark, that 40-yard goal that he actually yeah. scored. It was disallowed. That was a stunning strike, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Well, he's a quality player. I mean, he he hasn't been as effective this season as as in the previous seasons but um yeah it was it was a cracking effort and uh and then he also had the one that sat on the top of the yep. of yep. the netting uh from from a long way out as well but uh yeah i mean you know he's a, he's a quality player you know you can never take that away from him he just doesn't seem you know there's just something about his game this season that, that doesn't seem quite up to it for whatever no, it's saying. I mean, Ducky said he just got a bit of a kick. It's uh, a bit strange. Actually, Furhead, you've just pointed out in chat. Do you want to mention what you were just going to say? No, I was going to say um, I agree with Mark. You know, it's a risky strategy uh, that we have. Uh, you know, just Gardner and McCarthy when uh, Tunchev returns to Leicester City. But you know, we've got a resourceful manager in Dougie and and I, I just realised that we've got Peter Ramage on loan till. January, and I'm I'm mm. pretty certain he played centre back in one of the cup yep. games. 
He did, yeah. He started off, I think it was the Wigan game where I think he started off, potentially. It might have been Crawley, actually. Hard to remember now. Yes, it was Crawley. Yeah, it was Crawley. It but was it, Crawley. Yeah, he's a very good centre-back. I'd so probably prefer him at centre-back than probably right. Probably a better centre-back, yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, that might be one solution. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a possibility, and he so he certainly seems to have enjoyed himself at Palace. If you've been keeping up with his his tweets as well, um, you know, doesn't really mention QPR anymore. Just talks all about <laughs> Palace. Good man. Yes, yeah, so once you get that Palace bug, it's over really. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, we're talking about that disallowed goal for Ambrose, and I don't really know why it was disallowed. Still, I've looked at it on the replay, and I think he's given a foul or handball or something. But it kind of brings me on to the main sort of talking point of Bristol City before we go, and that was the referee. <laughs> and um, I just, long have you I, got? honestly, well, yeah, I mean, I can only, I can only really summarise. I summarised by saying in the first half he was fine, um, but he just, he just absolutely. I've never seen it before. He went to absolute pieces. He lost the he, plot, he got, didn't he? He, he did. He got, he got stuck in this little rut where, where whether if, if it, w- if we claimed for a foul, and he didn't want to give it. For some reason, he'd give the foul the other way. He, he kind of thought, I can't give a foul for Palace. Whistle blows. I must give a foul for. For Bristol City, but you know their players were looking as bewildered as anyone because they, they, you know, they had the ball at their feet and they're building an attack, and suddenly they're yeah, it wasn't, being given. Yeah, it, it wasn't like um, he was, you know, favouring one side or the other. He just completely yeah. made a hash of the job. He was good at, yeah. for about the first fifty, fifty-five minutes. Then, mm. then he was just error after error, and he kept trying to make up for the previous <clears throat> error and then the yeah. previous error before that. And I think that ultimately why why we got the penalty because uh, yes, on. he made so many balls ups that I think he thought that uh, you know to balance things out we deserved a penalty and mm. uh, as as most people probably know it it wasn't a penalty but yeah I was going to say that's your view on it is it but we've uh, had but... well no at the time at the time when I was behind the mm. goal I thought he was clipped but I you know. Uh, you know that was just my instant reaction yeah. and uh, we were desperate for a goal so I suppose you, you know you're hoping as well as uh, I'd say know, there maybe, was maybe well, I, I deceiving you but I mean it, it, yeah. I, I thought he got I thought he got clipped but it looked like he fell over his own feet but at the end of the day yeah, there was a, load definitely of, a what, load of rubbish decisions against us over yeah. the last few seasons and they I'd... hopefully will even them out in this season and will benefit for a change yeah no, that's fair. Yeah, for a change, it would be nice, wouldn't it? No, I definitely heard a sound. And I, I thought there was contact, but when you look at it back, it looks a strange one. But I mean, I think it, even though it was a scrappy game, and um, they very much looked like a bottom of the table side, and and really it was them dragging us down, if anything. So I, I think we deserved the win. I think that's that's the overriding they, feeling they, of that they, game. I, I didn't think they were that. They when I, I mean, I know they're low, lowly position, but I, I thought that actually they were quite solid, especially in midfield. I thought. Elliot and Kilkenny sort mm. of uh, had the better of our two centre midfield players. players, and uh, and I thought, you know, once they, once we sort of got past the hour, hour mark or whatever, they really believed that they were going to get a point out of that game. They, I don't think at any stage they intended to go and out and try and win the game, no. apart from Pitt, Pittman who had one good good header that he went straight into uh, Jules's hands. The rest of the time, I think they were quite content and they looked quite comfortable for a point, to be honest. Uh, but uh, Anyway, yeah, they were probably well, they were probably yeah. as pleased as uh, we were to get three. They were as disappointed that they got nothing out of that game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, I mean, we had obviously we had Wilf's goal disallowed as well. We had away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hurry knocked down on, you know, going through on goal, last man that was mysteriously not given. We had various different things which I would say pointed to us deserving to win that game. Um, you know, we, we had a few bits and pieces to talk about which we're not going to, one of which was the uh, the atmosphere uh, and the, and the it, was, it was a good enough atmosphere from the home fans but it was a very poor turnout. We were going to talk about why that was, we ain't got time for that but I'm sure it will come up again during the course of the season. Um, but the sort of final thoughts on that game were we got the three points, didn't play particularly well how many times have we heard that about top teams who, who end up at the end of the season in the right places? So it's nice to be talking about us in the same way in some respects. Uh, I thought I thought the man of the match was Zaha, as it has been for some considerable time. He's looking a real player at the moment. Uh, and, well, from there, I think we'll move on and just talk straight away about Ipswich. Now, if you want to talk to us about the Ipswich game, you can give us a call. It's 0208 123 1646. Or you can uh, drop in on the uh, Homesdale chat room. It's www.holradio.net forward slash chat. Or you can send us an email. It's radio at homesdale.net. So if we can just sort of start really and talk about the uh, the starting lineup, Mark, I'm going to sort of go to you really because I think you've done a bit more research than I have on this because it's hard to like, actually remember. I don't know what you know. you're going to ask me. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just going to talk to you about uh, about the starting lineup. Now we saw yeah. we saw what we were just talking about with Klein and Parr. We saw them starting their right way around in this game, yes, uh, which was it, which was nice to see. But I mean, let's just talk in general first of all. It was a yeah. it was probably one of the best performances I've seen from Palace in, in a long, long time, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think we destroyed them, basically, absolutely with pace and uh, and I think what impressed me the most was that we um, flooded the midfield and I think it was, it was brilliant tactics by Doogie and uh, we didn't sit too deep and we pressed Ipswich much higher up the pitch normally we sit back and and they have the ball on the edge of the 18 yard box playing it around looking to slip the ball through or across and we were we we were pushing them back and pushing them back and they were playing sideways balls backwards balls and and you know and it was it was so good to see you know a sort of the team seemed to be learning to how to sort of you know uh hold on to their lead but not sit back on the lead you know and yeah, yeah. and and what to me uh, uh, I thought that without the ball we were sort of playing 4-5-1 Murray on his own up front then going mm. forward when we had the ball we were playing 4-3-3 with Scano and Zaha supporting Murray and I thought it was a, a, a really really effective way of playing particularly away from home I'm not quite sure how that would work at home but it, mm. it, I thought the tactics were superb I thought everybody I, had a good game bar no one and uh, we thoroughly deserved it, and even Paul Jewell and some of the town supporters agreed. That's my yeah. sort of general summing up of it. I think the uh, playing three central midfield players, KG, Jednak, and Wright, was was instrumental in that in that win. Mm. To be honest, but yeah, everyone so had a good game. 
<clears throat> I, I saw the I saw the tactics slightly differently. I think we used that 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 four two three one system that we have been using. I think that there's the central midfield three um, of you have Jednak and Wright sitting back to to the main end. But you, at the point where I think John Williams had been playing, say against Brighton, I think at that point we saw KG in that position. Um, but I think you're right, Mark, in, in that it did sort. It was quite fluid in that KG seemed to sort of follow Bullard when we were out of possession. Uh, and, and really stopped him linking Ipswich's play, and that's where they seem to struggle. They look like a really poor team because their sort of main game plan was being outdone. I have slightly stolen that off of an Ipswich forum, but it's pretty much how I saw the game. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they, they had they had Boyer, Bullard, and Keith Andrews, didn't they? It's their yeah. middle three, and uh, they were basically up against Wright, Jednak, and KG, as we said, and um, mm. and uh, they got no joy, no change out of. Our, our middle three and uh, I know what you mean about KG was, I suppose he was playing slightly forward but technically yeah. you know if you want to get all sort of um, uh, Steve McLaren on it or whatever <laughs> it's sort of like it's all like three one two one four whatever up front I don't know whatever uh, combination but basically yeah. we, we were playing I think you know we were playing basically five in midfield when we were defending and yeah, we were yeah, playing three true. up front when we were going forward just to you know in simplistic terms but it was probably yeah. a little bit bit more um a bit more to it than that but that's how mm. i saw it Furhead, you wanted to chip in with something there yeah no um it, it just feels that we're, we're playing good football at the moment you know confidence is high and as you mentioned mark that uh we're playing much further up the pitch and and co- we caused Ipswich problems yesterday i know that um wins breed confidence but are, are we playing with that no fear factor now? Chris, well, I was me. Gonna, I was, well, I was going to let you answer it first, Mark. I'm nice like that. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean... Have you forgotten the question? Continually, con- no, well, continually winning <laughs> is, is obviously going to breed confidence. But I think as the season goes on and um, we find ourselves in different situations, a goal down, a goal ahead, whatever, you know, looking for... a uh, a goal from someone on the park. Everything is sort of falling into shape, and everything's developing in terms of players are coming on. You know, the youngsters look more confident. People like Zaha are looking to pass the ball as well as beat everyone on the park. You know, there are other, there are options. You know, if you look at the squad, there was no Ambrose, no Everson, no Garvin, no Marrow, no Moxie. That's, mm. And 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 we still tore them apart, really. And we've still got those players to come in or to fill in or for Doogie to change the tactics and slot them in as he seems appropriate depending mm. on who the oppo are whether they're home or away Jermaine Easter I feel sorry for him he scored a blinder at Watford um, he just getting a bit part role and I think he's got a lot to offer the club but obviously when he's playing Murray as the sort of um, sole striker as it were because he's not really mm. playing a 4-4-2 um, uh, someone's going to be left out but I'm hoping Easter plays on Tuesday actually and uh, yeah, yeah. gives Murray a rest but uh, we'll see but uh, uh, there's even even Pedroza wherever he is if he ever exists <laughs> the bloke I'm not <laughs> sure if, uh, has anyone ever seen him does anyone know what he looks like yeah I've seen him <laughs> he, he looks, I've seen him on Palace Player is, there, like a, is there, a, there a picture profile of him on the website I've never looked but uh, is there yeah. or is it just blank <laughs> it, yeah, it's just blank line. You know, it's, like just a, it's a silhouette with a sombrero on it. Um, <laughs> 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 sorry, mate. 
Luna asked another question to me, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, I, I sadly didn't get to the game yesterday, but I was listening on BBC Radio, and um, it just seemed to me that that Phil Parry and Clive Walker, who were commentating on the game, they were yeah. really impressed with Mile Jedinak and the mm. fact that um, he, he did so well in stifling Ipswich. You know, they had Boyer, Keith Andrews, Jimmy Bullard... And along with David Wright, they I think they did a real good job on um, Ipswich yesterday. Well, you know, how how has Mele Jednak settled in now? Do you think? Chris? Well, I think I, think, I mean, there's there's a, a few bits and pieces coming up on the the emails that came in about this actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good chance to talk about him. I mean, I I if anyone listened to the show uh, we did uh, after the Doncaster game. Um, I gave I gave Jednak a bit of a bit of stick really because oh you know I'm I'm sympathetic to the fact that the guy was you know he's come to a new country he's settling into a standard of football I wasn't you know wasn't insulting him but he looked like he was struggling badly and and I was concerned with the impact that that was having on the team really but I mean if you looked at the the player who played against Doncaster in a Jednak shirt and the player who played against Ipswich in a Jednak shirt are two different players. Um, he was he he was definitely he was man of the match with a by an absolute country melee to steal um <laughs> Jerry's, steal Jerry's joke. Sorry, Jerry. Right. Send your email later on. I apologise. Right. It's a really That's a good copyright. Joke. Yeah, he's not going to like me for that. I definitely. But, I think uh, yeah, that was Jednak's best game in a hey, Palace shirt you. without a doubt. Yeah, he was he was top notch, and I think the the mo- thing that impressed me most, where he struggled before, I think he's tried to do what David Wright's doing, but in the same positions, if you know what I mean. But he just had a little bit more discipline about his position. He stuck to a side. He covered the ball back on his side uh, defensively, but he also he also looked much more comfortable in possession this time. You know, he wanted to carry the ball. He wanted to. He wasn't overhitting passes or or making a stupid pass like he has done. You know, he looked like he was much better. Sorry, put the caller on, Mikey. Sorry, it's a caller. Hello, caller. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You're speaking to Chris. Hello. You're live. Yeah, who's that? Hello, it's uh, Terence from MedinBlueArmy.co.uk. Oh, hello, buddy. How you doing? Hi, Terry. I'm not, I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're all good. Yeah, yeah we're all good. Hello. We're all happy. Yeah, well, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can we do for well, you? Well, I just, um, uh, yeah, I'll give a call. I called in because, um... If anyone would have read my site knows that I was in the Ipswich end for the game yesterday. Right. I was, I was with um, old Carl Babson Twitter in the um, yep. Sir Bobby Robson suite, and it was it was quite enlightening to see how other people spoke about our players. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they um, well, they was positively drooling over Scannell and Zaha. Mm. Talking about how they're the best wide players they've seen in the Championship for quite some time, yeah, and it was always, always refreshing to sit there and listen to people talk about our players like that. It is, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, did they, how did they view their own team? That's, that's sort of the other side I, I quite like to hear as well, because uh, um, I thought it was poor. Were they? Was yeah. Like a, what? Oh, go on. Were they? It's a case of um, uh, they, they're looking at their midfield and comparing it to ours in the game. And they're looking at players that they're paying God knows how much money a week for the likes of Bowie and It was like oh, a higher profile, how much Bullard was on when he was at Hull, and that's why they couldn't afford to keep him. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and we're looking at a midfield that we pay a mere pittance to, and they can, our midfield completely bossed the game over these players who are supposed to be driving it towards promotion 
Yeah. And, you know, they've been throwing money at it for a couple of years now, and um, they think that this is the last season that they're going to have the funds available to do that. And if they play like they did on Saturday, then it's not going to happen for them. Absolutely. I mean, I could I could understand them being slightly concerned. Uh, do you think they get they got? Did you get the impression that it was kind of a one-off bad performance for them, or do they think it was more about how good we were? Um, they they would certainly say how good we were, and mm. for the um, third game running, I've heard away fans saying that we're sure in for the playoffs, which is <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't think many of us would have been expecting that at the beginning of this season. Oh, but um, and. <laughs> Yeah, but I've, I, um, in terms of they've won their last four home games, so you know spirit's pretty high there. And they after the seven-one drubbing that they had, but um, they, they, they just they, they said that we basically stopped them from playing the game they wanted to play. So it was probably more Friedman's tactics, which has certainly come under question by a bunch of people sit around me at times. So mm. it's nice to see now that he's starting to get it right consistently. Yeah. And you know, being able to shut down the, other, the way other teams play, and then still be dangerous and play our own game. Yeah. So no, couldn't agree more, mate. That's yeah. Um, we've just got a quick message in from uh, from Matt Caulfield, who says, "Tell Terry thanks for the t-shirt he won in the whole radio competition. Wore it today at oh, Riverside. So uh, yeah, <laughs> excellent stuff. No worries. I bet um, it's been very interesting with the um, the selling of the mugs as well. I've had so many emails and tweets from people saying." That they're buying them for their Brighton supporting boss. So I've been um, <laughs> sh- shipping out a lot of cups to Sussex, which has been highly amusing. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> stuff. I hadn't thought about that. I'll definitely do that now. It's just set up a give shop you- in Sussex. Yeah. Well, I'll give yourself a little plug uh, for people who haven't been to your website. If you, if you like, I'll give you a bit of air time. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I started up uh, beginning of last season. It's redandbluearmy.co.uk. Um, and I just look at things in a different way, really. I'm, I'm talk about the matches in terms of how I see it from the stands, the kind of songs that are being sung, the conversations that are people having, I talk about the whole day. Just an alternative to reading the rubbish they write on the BBC when they clearly were not at the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I love reading your match reports, mate. They're great every every single week. Thanks. And I don't, I'm not just saying that because you're on air. I do genuinely. No, no, them. thanks. Bro. And they, of, really they often feature that. people I know as well, so <laughs> it's always quite fun. <laughs> well, you know, people yes. love reading about themselves, so <laughs> <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, also love talking love... as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. <laughs> well, just going to on it fight in a minute. You like saying, er. Uh. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, thanks sorry. for taking my call. Um, I'll um, I'll bring a cup along to the game on Tuesday, give it to you so you can have another little competition for it. Fantastic. No worries. Awesome. It's much appreciated. And, uh, right, and yeah, we'll catch with you again soon. I'll see you soon, mate. No worries, mate. Take care. Okay. See you, guys. Bye. 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 That's uh, that's a great perspective that, that Terry's given there. Um, just yeah, it, sometimes you do get lost in in talking about your own team and about how good they are. So it's very that's nice uh, to see that the Ipswich fans thought the same, really. So uh, I'm, I think that's quite encouraging, really. Uh, I want to give uh, you a chance, Burhead, if you can read out a couple of emails before you go on, Mark. If that's okay. Uh, yes, sir. indeed. Um, I have an email here from Nick Gusset. Uh, hello, you two, free even, and Mikey. Bloody hell, third place, grinding out 1-0 wins. Work rate is excellent for 90 minutes. Different players on the score sheet from all positions. Paddy putting the pigskin in the correct onion bag 
what the bloody hell is going on? Uh, be interesting how we do against the form side in the league on Tuesday. Should the Duke play full strength or rest some? That's a question. Uh, what is our full strength team? Or do we have so much cover now that there is a consistently good team, whoever we put out? Enjoy your week off next week, Mr. Ramble. I hear my snoring <laughs> cat is filling in for you. Kind regards. <laughs> next, Gusset. My first, my first week off. I think the storing cat would be a good option. I enjoyed that last <laughs> week. If you missed it, do download our podcast from last week because there was a weird noise out of nowhere, and it was a small, it was a snoring cat. It was very cute. Uh, anyway, uh, sort of talking about Nick's email. I don't want to go into too much detail because Nick is obviously a presenter on here, and we get to talk about his opinions at least once Far a month. Too much. Far too much, really. But um, I just want to pick up on a bit where he's talking about the full strength side, and I just want to mention what what Dougie said in relation to that. I think one of the it might have been Richard from this SLP who asked him. I'm not too sure, but he talked about um, you know do you know, do you know your full strength side, and he said it's it's not that not a case of that anymore in in fo- modern football as a whole. He's got uh, he's got 16 people supplemented by youngsters that he feels he can rely on. That he can he can pick any number of them in in, in a combination and it will work for him in a game, and I think that's what's that's what's changed now and and you know we've got a strength in depth that we didn't really have before. I don't, I don't know if, if you've got a similar opinion on that, Mark. Yeah, no, I do. I, of course, it's you know it's evident on the pitch from the results and and from and from the style of play. Uh, you know the confidence is high and uh, you know. We're gonna, you know, do well this season if if we carry on, um, you know, playing, you know, as as Cora said, digging out, you know, one nilers against teams that are pretty negative that come to Sellers Park, and then going away from home and playing other teams off the park, you know, it's all looking rosy. But obviously, you know, it can't go on indefinitely, I suppose. But um, much as we love it too, but uh, you never you never know. But uh, I suppose there's going to be a hiccup along the way. And we'll have to deal with that and see. But as far as the best team, uh, as long as Doogie knows what he what it is, then that suits me fine. But he has got a bit of a conundrum when everyone is fit, because everyone who's currently playing uh, is playing well. So there isn't. If you who who would you drop and who would you replace? You know, if if Garvin was fit and you know Ambrose was fit, would they get in the team now? You know, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. I think I think it would depend on on the opposition we're playing. But I think it's nice to see that we can just move things about and have a have a squad rotation and give the youngsters the right amount of football. Um, at, at some point, you've got to imagine we have to, have to arrest Wilf. But at the moment, I think that would that would seriously uh, undermine us because I think he's the one. I don't you don't like to put it all on one player's shoulders, and there's plenty of good performances and, and you know wonderful players in the team at the moment. You know, Scannell was excellent once again, and, and, and you know, obviously we know Jed and that was man of the match in this game. But um, but certainly Wilf has been on another level of late. Uh, you know, he's in, I think probably three games in a row where he's just dumped a defender on his backside just literally through his skill and I think that's just fantastic to watch it's the sort of player you pay money to watch it really is uh, sorry Ferhad uh, can you get Jerry's email uh, yes uh, email in from Jerry he I don't says, know what he means by m M&M, I'll think about it you carry on <laughs> <laughs> hi Chris and company Gardner McCarthy were outstanding at the back Jonathan Parr gave 100% even though it wasn't one of his best games Wright did what he had to do and did it well, spoiling and breaking the Tractor Boys' few advances. The whole team were A1. 
Sean, Wilfred, and Glenn proved to be a real handful up front. Certainly, Ipswich found our forwards a real handful in the first half. Notice Sean using his bulk more when challenging for the ball this afternoon. Yedinak had one of his best games by a mile. Uh, is he finally getting to grips with the English Championship? Let's hope so, as it can only be good news for our midfield. Uh, Kagisho Dikachoy's presence in the midfield presents us with a stronger edge that cuts both ways. We definitely have strength for now, uh, as we still have Eminem to try and compete for places in the team, not to forget the rest. And that's from Jerry. Mm. Sounds well, like Jerry, a school report, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> End of season report, yes. Very good. It's very comprehensive, <laughs> Jerry. He's touched on a lot of the points we've talked about already. Uh, clearly, um, uh, Jednak's performance as well, and, and the strength of the squad. So, um, and I did, yeah, I did steal your joke, Jerry. Your Jednak has had his best game by a melee. But it's a good joke, and if you're going to send it in to me, I will steal it and pass it off as my own. Uh, I haven't got a great deal of time to talk about too much in there. Uh, again, yeah, just probably pick out the one thing of him talking about Sean Scannell um, using his bulk more. Sean has definitely improved his sort of upper body strength if you like and and he's really using his pace well um and i'm yeah and as terry said he, he impressed the ipswich fans i saw a bit of that on their forums as well uh looks looks a real player these days sean scannell so well picked up on there um i think we might as well just go straight into the the other emails um i'm gonna pick up on this one because it's got a joke name at the end for head and i don't want to see you fall foul of that and it's most likely full of sexual innuendo as well is it serious it uh, oh yeah what do you think <laughs> Okay, Ipswich Way was our joint best performance of the season. Sensible, true. Bowyer is a Knugget. Hmm. Jedi is Prem class. On the way home, I stopped off at a service station for uh, for a dump. I'll curled in a messy one, and to my horror, there was no bog roll. Took some explaining to my wife when I why I came home wearing only one. Oh. Apart from that, it was a great day out. Thanks for that one. Fantastic. Um, there's a sensible email from Russ at the end if you want to grab that one for head. Come on, plenty of energy in this. Indeed. Hi, guys. Good show. Can I just say that Dougie has assembled a fantastic squad. We have a number of players who can perform to a good standard in a number of different positions. I usually take my wife to away games, but I went to Ipswich on my motorbike, so couldn't take her. But when I got home, she was on the doorstep waiting for me. She pulled me close and kissed me on the helmet and told me she thinks we are going up this year. Fantastic end to a fantastic day. That's from Ross Tebbett. Love it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, dear. No, I'm, oh, I'm not yeah. dignified for an actual response. So, um, no, no. I think, no, I don't know, I think we've lost the call-up that we had. No, we, we're okay. Well, we're I was just going to right. pick up on something um, cool, Terry was cool. saying from Red and Blue Army. Um, yeah. uh, because... Uh, you know, he was in with the Ipswich fans, wasn't he? So uh, he had a sort of slightly different perspective on the game. And um, before the game, I was speaking to some Ipswich fans in the pub, and they were sort of asking me who I thought our best players were and so forth. And I said, well, we had a lot of pace in the team, and uh, I think that's where we're most dangerous. And, and this Ippo fan said to me that they had two pacey fullbacks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, I don't know if they're as pacey as our strikers, but we'll see. And of course, it was it was a classic, wasn't it? Because Cresswell got absolutely torn to pieces, and then he yeah, and he yeah. and he and he and he he was so frustrated. By the end of it, he just started giving the ref verbal. Got a red, couldn't have been funnier, and had a absolutely you know his confidence must be shattered. 
got sent off. And uh, and all I can say is that Boyer should be buying Cresswell a beer after that because yeah. about 30 seconds after after Cresswell was sent off, Hello? skived down with uh, him. Can you hold on, mate? Chris? Yeah, 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 hold fire, mate. Mark's in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> hold on, mate. Right. <laughs> talking to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, see, Bowie has skived down um, uh, Williams, and it yeah, was yeah. going to be a straight red, but because he'd just given a straight red 30 seconds earlier, I think it was a bit lenient, but he, yeah, yeah, no, I've, never li- I've never liked Bowie, and uh, no, I like many even left. now. <laughs> But, anyway, uh, I don't know what they're paying him each every week, but anyway, it was great to see uh, <laughs> see see their um their fullbacks get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, both scan on Wilf gave him such a hard time. Jerry, is that you, mate? Hello, hello. Jerry. hello? So just to let you know that M and M stands for Moxley and um, Marrow. Marrow. Ah, thank ah. God. See, Furhead, okay. you do a logic to it. <laughs> 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 I think you're no, you're on, mate. You hold on a second. Uh, you you up at Ipswich, mate? You saw what I was there. Uh, I didn't see you, but I was very drunk. I didn't even see Mark. I think I saw yeah. your band coming out about an hour after the game. I don't know your white band coming out after about an hour after the game. Were we singing? <laughs> we I don't know who you're singing, but all the dark and wind is there. All right, good stuff. <laughs> you enjoy yourself band. up there, mate. All right, see you later. Oh, yeah. Jerry, take it easy, mate. Cheers, mate. <laughs> that was Jerry. brief. Yeah, you know. <laughs> he's quite rightly pointed out what we should have realised, that it was Marrow and Moxie. And that's oh, a very right. good point. We'll forgot, keep forgetting about Moxie. He's a fantastic fullback. I saw a good chant listed on the, on the hole earlier. Uh, Don't mm. you wish yeah. back Dean Moxie to the tune of... Uh, Pussycat Dolls. Not that I know who they are or what they do. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's let's move on. What else have we got to talk about about it? Saints. <laughs> uh, we suppose we could do these previews, couldn't we? We're not going to talk much about these. It's, it's not really not really time to go into a huge man detail. But obviously, yep. Um, I just want to say um, one last sort of final thought, if you like, about Ipswich, uh, and that's purely that, uh, as we've probably established, both both home and away fans felt that that it was Palace's dominance rather than anything that Ipswich did. Uh, in terms of poor, a poor display that that won us the match, um, and for me, I just think those signs are so encouraging. It's it, I can't honestly remember the last time that I, I left a match thinking, you know, we actually look like genuine contenders now. And you you just you so because you know it's Palace, you hesitate to say it. You don't want to you don't want to be the one that jinxes it. And maybe I just have been, but I think we've been fantastic of late, and it's. Yeah, it's just been fantastic. It's been been amazing to see um, how this team has grown so quickly. So um, anyway, so let's talk about Southampton now. Tuesday night, we've got it's the cup game. Uh, I think it's only about fifteen quid a ticket if you buy in advance, so it's well worth attending. It's going to be another freezing cold Tuesday night. Um, I don't want to talk too much about them, uh, although obviously they are at the top of the league uh, and they're a very good side. Not sure what sort of a team they'll they'll bring. I just want to ask Mark and Furhad what sort of uh, lineups that they would like to see, what sort of players they'd like to see come in and be given a chance potentially, or do we just play the team that, that played against Ipswich? Furhad, you first. What do you think? Um, it's a cup game. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see Lewis Price back in goal. Uh, you know, he's deserved it. He's done really well in all the cup games, to be honest. And and to be fair, against Crawley, he kept us in it. 
uh, in the first half. So it'd yeah. be nice to see him back. Um, I'd like to rest a few of the players. So that means Zahar, Murray, and uh, if people like Everson are fit, maybe, I don't know, bring in, bring in Kieran Cadogan. You know, where's he gone? But, yeah, um, it just goes to... It just goes to say we've got so many players coming back from injury. Uh, we're, we're near full strength. I think it's just Marrow and Lee Hills, really. But, mm. uh, um, yeah, just like to see the fringe players get a game with a few of the regulars as well. Okay, uh, Mark? Yeah, pretty much in agreement with that. I'd I, um, I like to see Moxie come in at left back, Partis play left side of midfield, Ambrose to come on to the right side of midfield. And then it's uh, two from three or four to play in centre midfield. KG, Jedanak, um, Marrow or Garvin, depending if any who's fit. I don't know the situation on the fitness side of things. Um, uh, probably to play alongside right. And then I'd play Easter, give Murray a break, and one of Scannell or Zaha behind Easter. I think I think Easter oh, needs yeah. needs a partner rather Murray. Murray is a, a different type of player to Easter, and I think Easter benefits. Um, and I think he plays well with Scannell, so I'd like to see Scannell and Easter up there, really. And Ambrose on the right, Parr on the left, and uh, Moxie to get a run out if he's uh, got over the flu. Yeah, yeah. He seems to be quite bright and cheerful on Twitter, anyway. Um, okay, yeah, similar for me. I, I, I personally think, because um, they're a good side and they're, they're a side that likes to pass it, I think we should try and meet that head on, and I'd like to see. John Williams come back into the side, um, and I and I just think both of Scanner and Zaha, if if they're if they're not tired and they're young lads, they shouldn't be too tired. I'd like to see them start, and I'd like to. I'd, it's one of those things where you've got past a point where it's oh, it's just the cup. We'll play the you know we we won't care too much if we lose. We're sort of on a position now where winning that game could really could bring a financial benefit come the next round, and I think we have to think like that sometimes. I think it's not going to be a great attendance tomorrow, tomorrow Tuesday. So we're using a Monday. I'm not, I'm not that bad, but um, no, I just yeah, it's one of those. I think we really should try and win that game, uh, and I'd like to see us put out as strong a lineup as possible, but with a view to to you know contributing to a to a passing you know passing game nice and quick uh predictions guys um Ferhad, what do you think um i think it's going to go into extra time and palace to win on penalties mark one nil palace mm. uh i was going to go one nil palace i'll go two one palace um i think i think we'll i think we can win this one and i think it's a good it's a good opportunity i think because it's I, I, yeah, I, I think uh, Doogie is going to uh, go all out to win this. I'm not sure that uh, mm. the Saints will be doing the same, but um, I think uh, Doogie sees this as a good option to to blood some players who are either coming back to fitness or yeah. are slightly out of form uh, or just you know have been rested. And uh, we've got a squad now, a quality squad. It's not a case of just you know 11 good players and and five dicking around on the bench. We've got yep. like you know uh, a decent squad. Friedman said it himself. So uh, rotate the squad as necessary, mm. and uh, you know okay. bring in those that need a rest and uh, those that haven't had a game or need some game time. Get them on. They're all they're okay. all uh, fighting for places. So you know game on. Yeah, definitely. Good, good, good strong team. I hope to see. Yep. Uh, in terms of predictions from you guys, um, don't forget if you get your prediction correct, uh, you go into a draw to win a shirt. 
uh, next season shirt at the end of the season. Uh, just a few things. That's on Twitter. If you just send a message to at whole radio, that's H O L radio, um, and we will uh, keep a list of all those predictions. Uh, we've got at Palace stats went for one nil Palace, as did at Dwayne Pipey, at Gary T one two three went for two one Southampton, at Nessa Palace and at Gaza K nineteen eighty six went to for two nil Palace, at Matt seventy six CPFC went for two one Palace, as did at Hibby Stew and at Bisley Eagle. Uh, if you want to add your names to that list before the game, do so. Um, okay, so the next the game after that, before our next show on uh, the following Sunday, is the uh, Family Day slash Philip Seller's Day up at Reading. Uh, there's not been any official comment on that, but I mean, obviously, we've sold an awful lot of tickets for it uh, in various different methods. Uh, family Day, kid a quid, um, and season ticket holders can also buy an unlimited number of adult tickets for £10 each. And plenty of been people, plenty of people have been taking advantage of that one. So it's going to be a big attendance. Um, it's going to be a, a, one of those. It's going to be a good day. If everyone remembers Barnsley last season, it was it was rammed up at Sellers from midday. It was you know there was all sorts of stuff going on for the families, and it was a really good game. It's a shame we followed it the following week with an awful performance against Scunthorpe. But but the Barnsley game was was top notch, and I'm hoping for similar this time round. And you know with the t- team sitting at third in the table, you can't really we're right to expect a good uh, good turnout on the day but in terms of potential lineup I think we'll see much more like we saw against Ipswich I think we'll see much more of a um, a solid midfield with Wright and Jednak in there uh, I, I'd like to see I mean Reading as a team they've got a bit of pace uh, with you know Joby McEnough uh, Leisurewood who we know very very well um, you know he does a very good job in the midfield there you know solid uh, puts in plenty of tackles um you know he works very very hard that was one of his things from his game that's always been there is, is the amount of running that he does in the center of the pitch there um so yeah they're a good side and they've started poorly they've made a couple of interesting changes and uh, and they, you know they look a decent team now so it's going to be a tough one but we've got nothing to fear at all um uh, i you know i want regular lineup i want to see murray up front potentially paired with someone and, and one of the things we haven't seen uh, is for for a while is Murray and Scannell back together up front, and I'd quite like to see that, but I'm not sure if a four four two suits us at the moment, uh, especially not with their strength from midfield. So that's kind of my thoughts on the lineup, uh, Mark. Yeah, I think uh, it would be interesting to see the same team that played on uh, Saturday, next Saturday. It, but it, it's difficult because obviously being the home team. The emphasis will be on us to attack, and uh, uh, we were kind of playing on the break a bit uh, to a certain extent against Ipswich. But uh, as we dominated the game, we more or less, you know, looked like the home team. Uh, it's a difficult one to call. Like you said, they're not they're not a bad team. They've had an indifferent start to the season, in Reading. Um, I'm not quite sure um, how to play it. Uh, we seem to be a little bit overly defensive at home. That's my only criticism. I know mm-hmm. we're getting results. But um, I think that you know that uh, we're basically playing a back four and two defensive midfield players. So like six, six defensive players. I don't know if it's absolutely necessary when teams come to you and they're only playing one, maybe two up front at the most. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a hard one to call. I, I, I mean, uh, it's you know, I'd I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see the same team that that played on Saturday play again. Really, to be quite honest. But because um, they were, I mean, everybody had a good game. So how can you drop anyone? But 
But as with a home team, I think, you know, Doogie will change it, but I think he'll tweak it just minor, you know, one or two maybe positions. Uh, but that's it, really. That's, that's, yeah, that's, how I, that's how I see it, anyway. Fair dose. And, um, well, before we finish and, uh, and I read out the last email of the day, which was from Aaron, um, just get your opinion for that on what kind of a lineup you'd like to see. Because I know you're, you're, this is your next game. So uh, what are you hoping to see from the boys? Um, it, pretty much the same as what Mark said, really. It's going to oh. be pretty much more of the same. Uh, a slight tweak. I'd like to see, um, I think, over the course of the 90 minutes, we shouldn't panic. I think we've got enough in the tank to to, to beat Reading. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Johnny Williams come on maybe in the 60th minute. Um, I think he can make a, a, a real change from then on. Um, just as a as an extra point, I just want to say um, we're going to, just to admire other teams for a moment, we're going to be seeing Ricky Lambert on Tuesday and Adam Lafondra on Saturday. And I'll Hopefully they have quiet games, but I'm, I'm secretly looking forward to seeing them as well, just to see how they play. Yeah, I mean Lafondra's picked up. Of, I mean I was, I know we were linked with him at one stage, um, and I always thought to myself, he was thinking it was Rotherham he was at. And I always thought to myself, it's, it's a two division leap. The one division leap you can kind of, you expect a bit of adjusting. But I just thought two divisions, two divisions is going to be too much. Um, but he's yeah he's found his scoring boots of late and uh, yeah be interesting to see him. But Lambert's been superb, um, stunning in fact. Uh, but anyway, Furhad, I'm gonna let you go, mate. You've got to go. So Furhad, see you later, mate. Cheers for today. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Bye uh, so Mark, it's just you and me. Um, no prediction yeah. for Furhad. I think he was going to go with. Uh, say he was going to go with two 0 to Palace for that one. Uh, what do you what do you see in terms of a result there scoreline? Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, uh, I, I, I can only see us winning, to be honest. If you know, okay, um, uh, two 0 maybe something like that. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. I can see us doing a. Uh, my my prediction is going to be for a one nil again there. Um, okay, uh, just to wrap things up, uh, last email of the day from Aaron. Uh, the whole radio presenter. We haven't seen him for a while because he's he built up a nice run of nice head of steam in terms of the number of shows he presented at the start of the season but I'm sure he'll be back soon I'm going to kind of edit this email as I go along because because Aaron's a very strange man he says hey fellas we recently have been thinking about ways around the EPPP setup and when he means ways around he means different ways than, than people have suggested and he said how about a similar setup to the NFL draft it's been discussed recently uh, especially within the game, with the game currently on at Wembley. If you had funding for colleges, universities or even schools around the UK to set up a football programme for young and up-and-coming players who have a chance of going on and playing pro. Uh, however, these players would have to join a team in the Football League and stay and develop at that club for a certain amount of years before being allowed to move on. And all these players will have, a go, have a, to go and buy a salary cap. Hmm? A salary cap? You have to go buy a salary cap. Oh. Yeah, there will be a salary cap, which the clubs can agree on. Uh, basically, the idea of, of uh, essentially forcing players to join um, certain clubs with a certain level for a certain amount of time. The problem with that all comes on under labour laws, I think. But um, it's an interesting concept, and I, I, I would shy away from doing anything similar to the NFL draft system uh, and the way it works over there. Because then you start going down the route of what's been mooted of late from... Uh, <laughs> From people, which has been this uh, uh, abolishing prim the relegations in the prim and promotions and things like that, 
we don't want to do that. We've got a fantastic sport that doesn't need changing in that respect. And what you don't want to do is keep handing all the power to the people who are already in positions of power and just keep giving them more and more. Um, you know, if you if you just give in every single time to the demand, especially of, of, of foreign owners who have come in, I'm talking specifically about the Glazers uh, and, and the guys at Liverpool, um, you know, they've got a way of they're used to working and they seem to think that we have to make it work the same way here. Well, it's not like that. Football isn't isn't like that and and the way we you know the the eppp too many p's uh isn't uh we've talked about it earlier and, and steve Parrish has made it pretty clear that it's not great for clubs like us uh but it certainly isn't something that i would i would look to uh go down the nfl draft route i don't know if you've got any opinions on that mark please say no so we can go <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> got I just uh, think that the football league needs to grow a sort of a set of balls really and get behind the clubs. But you know, mm. uh, yeah, that, we will see. We shall see. It seems like the Premier just want to take over and run everything, and they want to have a say in everything. And you know, and that's to the detriment of every other football club outside of the top flight. So I think they need to grow some balls and stand up for themselves and uh, get behind their clubs. Yeah, I think I think that's a fantastic way to end, mate. I couldn't agree more. So, uh, so next week, for the first time ever, I won't be available. Um, I'll be doing something constructive with my time. So, I um, yeah, I won't be available to present the show. So, I wonder what will happen. Could be interesting. Um, I'm still planning on recording some stuff and leaving it for for the guys to play. But I imagine I'll just be taking stick for that. Um, so yeah, we'll come back and we'll talk about um, how the Southampton and Reading victories went and uh, what it's like to be so close to the top of the table. Uh, say thank you to Furhad, who's obviously gone. Thank you to Steve Parrish for being such a legend and joining us. Uh, a pretty short notice, to be fair to him. Um, and from New York. <laughs> uh, obviously, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mikey. I don't know if I said thanks, Mike, uh, already. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed yep. the show. Yeah, and uh, tune, in again. Good. tune in again next week. Cheerio, bye. Can I just say as well, one of my highs of the season is getting <laughs> getting interviewed by a pissed radio presenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then um, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then um, drinking, smoking, gambling. To Pierre Bayer, Pierre Bayer, Pierre Bayer, 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 Queen's Park Rangers. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.